we often hear the word blessed. Perhaps even use that word, blessed, referring to God's goodness to his family. We say, God blessed in that new job. Or God blessed with the gift of that family member or child. I've heard someone say they had gone shopping and God blessed them with the perfect parking spot. Good words, promotions, finances. The doctor did those tests and blessed with a good report. What are three ways, think think in your mind, three ways that you say God has blessed you? Think of three ways. You think God has blessed you in perhaps in your list that you are thinking of ways that God has blessed you, probably you did not include a blessing that Peter gives us as evidence of God's favor. I would never on my own list this one as a way that God blesses his people. I would never think of it because I'm that ignorant of who God is and the truth of Scripture. But here in this passage from 1 Peter that is true and perfect, we have a word that describes God's blessings to his family. Now, as we look at these verses, I remind us of the context. Always come to Scripture in the context of that which is occurring, as well as the whole of Scripture. This letter of 1 Peter is written to those who are trusting in Christ as their God, their Savior, and it's costing them dearly, not of money, but in their whole of life. He calls them strangers. People are literally running for their lives because of their faith in Christ and faithfulness to Christ. They're refugees. They're strangers in a different land. They're running for their life. And he's writing them to offer them encouragement and that their focus will be not on their circumstances, but on Jesus Christ, who is Lord God. They're being persecuted, abused, threatened, imprisoned, loss of income, loss of home. And he's saying, you're being blessed by God and what you are experiencing. You're being blessed by God in what you're experiencing. God is showing his favor on you. He's called you. He's elected you. He's brought you to himself, and he's giving you a favor whereby you can show your confidence in him 
experiencing peace and comfort that the world cannot explain. So let's look at these wonderful truths that are given us here in these verses and hope to apply them. The two words here, blessing and suffering. Blessing and suffering. We do not normally put those two words together, but they are there. They're here before us. Verse 13, now, who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Suffering, blessed, go together. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, verse 15, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. As always, being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Praying that the Lord will let us see these four important truths to know and to experience, and to share with others. The first truth here is through Christ, live zealously. Live zealous for what is good. That's what God is saying. When you're suffering, when you don't know what's happening, now live zealously for what is good. Are you zealous? Are you zealous for what is good? If we're not zealous, so often I find myself as complacent. Complacent. Zealous. Enthusiastic. Passionate. What is good, Lord? What's good? What's zealous for what is good? Verse 13, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? Okay, you want to be zealous, enthusiastic, and passionate for what is good? Can you expect life to go well for you when you're zealous to do what's good? No. No, that's what he's saying. Is it possible for others to harm you and ridicule you and bully and make life hard for you when you're zealous to do what is good? Yes. Expect it. Don't be surprised when these bad things are happening to you, we're told here in Peter. 
Can people harm you? Yes, absolutely, without any doubt. These receiving this letter, initially receiving it, (laughs) they were being harmed. Yes, they may harm you, your reputation. They may even harm you physically. But spiritually, you're well. If you're responding properly through Christ, family, through Christ, zealously pursue that which is good. First, in your mind. Pursue in your mind that which is good. So that then you will passionately desire that which is good by the words you speak. And then behavior and conduct. Passionately, zealously pursue that which is good. The second truth here is, look, verse 14. Through Christ, let him bless you. Through Christ, let him bless you. Look at what he says. Now, who is there? Verse 14, verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Okay, you're zealous for that which is good, and you're being harmed. Lies are being spoken about you. Life is hard. But look, yes, you're suffering by doing what's right according to the Scripture. You will be blessed. Listen, there is a gift that Christ has for all of his children that we need and do not want. There is a wonderful, wonderful gift that Christ has to give as a gift to all of his family. A blessed gift that we need, but we don't want it. I don't. That gift of which he blesses his children, among the many gifts he gives, one is the gift of suffering. That's consistent with Scripture. He loves, the Father loves his children too much to leave us where we are. He gives the most precious gift that he could give, the gift of his Son, to live for us, to die on that cross, to take our sins upon himself that he did not deserve, to give you the very holiness of Christ, This great exchange, Christ, the perfect one, taking your sin upon himself. That Christ, that we may receive his holiness. And then what does he do? Christ begins that process of changing us. Making us more and more like him. And one of the ways by which he changes us 
is by taking us through suffering. Different types of suffering, emotional, heartache, rejection by family, physical pain. For some like these, persecution. He loves us too much. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. Once you're converted, once you are justified, he begins that process of sanctification whereby we are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto the righteousness that is, that is ours. That process of changing us. And he uses suffering. Suffering is for two purposes. Number one, to make us dependent on Christ and confident in Christ. He brings suffering to increase our sense of dependence on him. To grow in our confidence of him. Look again. Look again at these words. Verse 14. But even if you are suffering for doing right, thinking right, speaking right, you're being blessed. It's a gift we need that we do not want, but it's absolutely essential. The gift blessed into suffering. Well, don't fear it, he says. Look, have no fear of this. Don't be afraid of it, this suffering. Don't, don't be scared. Don't be stressed. Don't be frightened. Don't be worried. He knows what he's doing. He's the perfect father who only wants the best for his children. Look again at verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. So have no fear of them. Don't be troubled by what he is doing. Peter's saying the same that Jesus taught. Jesus taught this same truth. Look at Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Matthew 5, 10 through 12. This great sermon that Jesus preached from the mountain. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking here in Matthew in this sermon. This is what it is to be blessed by God. This is what it's like for God to bless you. Yes, he may do it with a pay raise and a promotion and a good medical report from your doctors. Yes. But there's another way that we need that we do not like. Matthew 5, verse 10. Matthew 5, 10. Look at what Jesus says. Who are the blessed? Who are those he blesses? Those who are being blessed persecuted for righteousness sake theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed verse 11 blessed are you when you are reviled verbally attacked reviled bullied persecuted 
All kinds of evil and lies are being spoken against you. Lies. Because of Christ, on account of Him. How are we to respond? How are these to respond? Verse 12, rejoice. Rejoice. Be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. And so they persecuted the prophets who were before them. Rejoice. Be glad. You're being blessed by God. being blessed. Through Christ, zealously pursue that which is good. Through Christ, let him bless you, change you, make you more like Christ. Part of that blessing and change will come through suffering. Not to harm you, but to change you. Thirdly, through Christ, give reasons for your confidence. Through Christ, give reasons for your confidence. Verse 15, but in your hearts... Life's hard. Lord, we're zealous to do what's good, and and look what's happening. In your heart, verse 15, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Lord, you're holy. You're the Lord. You know what you're doing, you're good. All that you do is good. And all that you're allowing, all that you're permitting, is for our good. I don't understand it. I don't like it. But I want to trust you. I want to honor you in my heart. Verse 15, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always prepared to make a defense, ready to give a a reason for the hope that is in you. Do it with gentleness and respect. Others are watching you. They're listening. And the way you're responding to this suffering, this heartache, They don't understand it. And they ask you, why? Why are you able to respond this way? Doesn't make sense. You respond by giving a reason for that hope. We get the word apologetics from this. We do not apologize for our faith. It's that word we defend our positions, our understanding. You're giving a reason for that hope that makes you different. What makes the difference? Jesus Christ. God, man. You respond with gentleness and respect saying, listen, there is a God. Look at this creation. 
from this creation, we know there is a creator, and Jesus Christ is the creator of this world. Jesus Christ is God who demands worship and obedience. He is also man, perfect human. God became a human, perfect. He lived that life. He never, ever, ever sinned. He died on that cross to take the wrath of God that he did not deserve. He died on that cross to take God's punishment and judgment. He didn't deserve it. And he gives to all of those the Father gives to him. He gives his own holiness. Jesus Christ is God and God, and Jesus Christ is in control of what's happening. Is it pleasant, this suffering? No. Would I choose it? No. But this is true about Jesus Christ. As God, he is good. He's good. Secondly, everything he does is good. He's good. Everything he allows is good. Thirdly, everything he permits and allows in my life is for our good. I don't know Christ that well, but I want to. Are you able to give a reason for that hope, that confidence that is in you with gentleness and reverence? He's good. Everything he does is good, and everything he allows and permits, this suffering, this pain, this cancer, this heart attack, this crisis, Yes, you may say it with tears and grieving and mourning, but you say he's still good. And this is for his ultimate praise. Through Christ, may he prepare us to give a reason for that hope that is in us. And then lastly, through Christ, Experience and share the better than. Through Jesus Christ, may you experience and share with us, this is better than receiving this. It's better than. Look at verse 17. Summarizing what he has been saying, verse 17. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. You're suffering. Don't be afraid. God's for you. He's not against you. Now, let him give you that which is best 
for you to yield to him, trust in him, rely on him is better than not trusting him. It's better to suffer for doing good than to not suffer and do evil. That's what he's saying. It's better to suffer for doing good than not suffer and do evil. Isn't that amazing? He calls evil not doing good. I would have toned it down a little and I would have said, well, it's better to suffer for doing good than doing that which is bad. He calls it evil. Family, pursue God's best. Even when it means suffering, then avoiding suffering. And God calls it evil. Moses understood this. Moses understood the choice between better than this. Look at Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 24. Moses had been adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. He should have been killed with other Jewish baby boys. He was spared. God in his working. He had been adopted. Pharaoh is the most powerful political human person in the world. Moses had access to anyone or anything he wanted. I mean, he's Pharaoh's adopted grandson. He could have had anyone, any woman, any man. He had access to all the wealth. He had a choice. Are you going to choose that which is best? Look at what it says. By faith of Moses, he's an adult. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses, you got a choice. Here are the choices to suffer and identify with God's people. Or Moses, you can enjoy the pleasures of sin. Folk, there are temporary pleasures in engaging in sin. But it doesn't last. And God calls it evil. Moses looked at the choices. Will I take the best, the better than with a willingness to suffer or will I choose the easy way and say no to 
to the things of God. I don't want to lose my wealth. I don't want to lose my prestige. I don't want, I want to keep it. No. He was able to look at the better than, and that's what he chose. Look at this description continues. Verse 24, by faith, by faith Moses, when he was grown up, he's an adult, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to be mistreated and identify with God's people than to enjoy those fleeting pleasures of sin. Don't go there. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Every day, we have choices. Every day, you have a choice. Through Christ, choose the better than. Choose that which is best. Be able to say no to that relationship. No to that lying. No to that lesser pleasure. Say no. Something far greater. The pleasures of pleasing Christ than the pleasures and treasures of Egypt that will keep you in slavery. Today, we have the privilege not only of singing of Christ and to Christ, looking at the scriptures, but also to celebrate Christ by come and remembering him. It's his body. It's his blood alone that can make you accepted before God. Did you hear that? It's the body of Christ. It's the blood of Christ alone that can make you accepted before God. As you see your sin and your need of Christ, you begin transferring your trust from yourself to him with a a willingness to turn from your sin and obey Christ at all costs. You're a guest with us today. We invite you, if you have gone before leadership of another church and professed your need of Christ and your trust in him, come and eat and drink with us. You of this family, have you gone to the leadership? Have you expressed your need of Christ either here or somewhere? That Christ is your Savior. You're depending on him. You want to please him. Then come and eat and drink, repenting of your sin, trusting on Christ, going to leadership either here or somewhere, and expressing to them your need of Christ and confidence in him. Confidence in him and need of him. Let's pray.